0: Today is Monday, July 8, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. It's been a few days. The market went through one of those holiday periods. It's kind of a floater market. We talked about that before the fact. It actually happened. The futures hit the big fat round number of S&P e-mini futures, 3000 and then we had a gap down today and the market traded in a very very narrow range all day it was very very quiet it's still kind of the holiday thing going on this is very very common after a holiday the monday following a holiday you kind of get that follow-through effect or you get light volume people aren't fully back in swing yet Everybody's not back to their desks yet. Everybody's not back in the mood yet. Who knows what it is? You get light volume after a holiday more often than you don't. That's just the way it is. We take it for what it is. We take the market at face value and we take what she gives each and every day so what's going on we had a down day what are the bogeys what are the bear and bull cases let's talk about it all the bull case is quite simple we're above all the moving averages the market is still in an uptrend just a couple of days ago we made another new high and all we've done so far is just pull back a little bit from that high the moving average, home base, the 20-period moving average, is a little bit far. So it's common garden-variety market behavior for the market to eat some time off the clock, let home base work its way toward price, let price work its way toward home base. They happen simultaneously sometimes. Either way, that's common, normal market behavior. If the market begins pushing higher, it becomes evident and likely obvious that they're running once again for the big fat round number of 3,000. The SPX, which is the cash index, is at 2975.95 on close today. So it's about 24 points away from 3,000. Can they get it there in a flash? Of course they can get it there. SPY300, all of these things are on the table. Let's talk about a couple of other things like what's underneath the hood. Right now, what's under the hood is a very, very quiet market. Quiet markets tend to lull people to sleep. What comes out of a quiet market is generally a pretty large and sharp move. You don't necessarily know which way it's going to come, but when markets are quiet, it doesn't take a big spark, it doesn't take a lot of volume to move the market, and then buying and or selling begets more buying and or selling. So let's talk about that. So let's say we get a spark and the market begins trading higher. They're running for $3,000. they are running for 300 in the SPY. Does that mean they're going to stop there? No, it doesn't. I'm just saying that would be the next obvious area that they're headed to. Obvious destination doesn't have to be the final destination. Let's flip it around. Let's talk about the other side. What is the bear case? How do we know the markets are actually remaining short-term bearish rather than bullish? On the daily chart, it's bullish. But if we drill down to an intraday chart, it changes the picture. We can even start on an hourly chart and you can see pretty obvious that we traded in a very narrow range today. From high to low, there wasn't a lot going on, there was not a lot of trading going on, and many of those that did attempt trades today likely got chopped up, ran out of patience, you know the drill. So that's basically a channel, but it's also something more. We know that because of the gap down, it really creates a bear flag pattern. Is this going to trade down in the southern direction into the moving averages to this area on the 60-minute chart? That's where the market came back down to retest an area. How do we know that's going to be important? It's likely going to be important. And again, the 80-20 rule. The market was telling us that that price area is important. How does it do that? It simply does that by coming down to test an area And taking off from that area, that tells us 8 out of 10 times that price area is important. You're going to find support in and around that area. If you stretch it across, what do you find? You find an area that the market spent a lot of time. So it came back to retest that. If it comes down again, is it likely to just blow through and fill the gap? Or is it likely to stop there and spend some time? Now keep in mind, we're looking at an hourly chart. So spend some time could mean 15 minutes, a half an hour, an hour, three or four hours. We don't know until it shows up. We obviously have to start discussing what's beneath that. If we're talking about the bear case, we must discuss the gap that falls right around 293. It's 293.08 to be exact. Here's the gap right here. 293.08 is the price doesn't mean price has to stop right there. It just means that if we're trading down toward that area, depending on how we get to that area, it always depends on how we get to that area, but that gap would normally provide a level of intraday support. Now, if we creep into it or hover over it for a while, those are different scenarios. All these type of scenarios are the type of things that are covered in the course at Lazy E-mini Trader. In addition to that, traders that get inside the numbers every single morning have the numbers pre-market. We have the strategy. We have the commentary. We have the numbers. We have the desire, the discipline. It's all systems go It's game time every single day. Now, let's run a little exercise. We've been here before. I want to remind us what's likely coming if the bear case is going to play out sooner than later. When we look at the hourly chart, we really have three or four gaps that come directly into focus. Anywhere from 293.08 down to 289.83. On one hand, some of this stuff seems pretty far from where we are. On the other hand, just think about how fast we came up where we are. So don't ever discount how far or how fast a market can move, especially after it's been in what we'll call a quiet period. In a quiet period, any spark can really send the hammer down or the hammer up either way. I don't want to oversimplify it, but it's really not much more complicated, at least in my mind. We all know about that. It's dangerous. But at least in my mind, this is the way I think about it. We have stuff hanging out there. We have the China deal hanging out there. We have the interest rate slash Federal Reserve deal hanging out there. We have Iran hanging out there and any other number of things. Traders, people in general, are waiting for one of these things to take place, whether it's in the positive direction or the negative direction. It's how the market perceives the information, whether it perceives it positive or perceives it negative. The market's going to move when one of these pieces of information is significant enough to cause the spark that everybody knows is coming. And there it is. Everybody knows it's coming. Everybody wants to participate, so you will get the pylon effect. If the market goes higher, you get panic buying slash short covering. If the market starts trading lower, you get traders that try and pile on by either shorting the market, buying puts, a combination of all of the above, and one of two things happens. Either the market abruptly turns around and gives them a big bitter cream pie in the face or it keeps going and the pile on effect actually takes place. In this case, it would result to price driving down toward one of those gaps. Not all in one bite, not all in one shot, not all in one hour, or all in one day, but it could be, or it could be in a day two or three. Here's another thing that we know. Under normal garden variety market conditions, Is the market going to trade right exactly to one of those gaps, turn around and go back in the other direction? Not necessarily. That's why we have to know our numbers and we have to know how the market and when the market is providing the signals and signs of a trend change. Now, when we discuss this, we're discussing it on a short-term basis. We're discussing where the market might find a low or a high from an intraday perspective. Sometimes it obviously makes it easier than others. Today was not an easy day. The market didn't go anywhere. There was no defined pattern developing across the market. So as a wrap on the SPY hourly chart, here are your broad brush important numbers going into tomorrow, maybe Wednesday, if in fact the bear case gets a grip. The bull case, we know we have a gap above We have the highs, we have the fat round number of 3,000. We know the bull case, we know the bear case for the immediate term. Getting a slightly different view, looking at the 120-minute chart. Let's get rid of the lines, let's get a fresh look, and look at this chart from a different perspective than two of the charts we just saw, the daily and the hourly. Here's the 120-minute, and all of a sudden, we're riding the 20-period moving average. The hourly chart making a bear flag pattern underneath the 20 period moving average, but above the 50 and the 120 minute chart riding the 20 period moving average. The daily chart extended a little bit far away, not too far, but a little bit far away from home base, a little bit closer than we were the other day. But if price is moving down toward home base, that's what's going on. Never likes to get too far away from home base. So all this data is supported by the various charts and the various viewpoints that we take in looking at the different charts. The way I look at it, inside my mind, the short term is bearish. Now, last point, if we're talking about the bear case, I know traders out there want to know what looks like the fugly part. Where does fugly begin? It starts with a daily close below 290, but you need more than that I'm just saying that's what you're looking for if you're looking for Joe Ugly. What's doing over in Camp IWM? There's a few things going on. So let's focus on what jumps off the chart. What jumps off the chart is we're above all the moving averages, but we also have a lower high. So those are two contradicting things, but that's what we have. We have to note it. They're puzzle pieces they're on the table. We've also been running sideways for about a week over the moving averages. So that's not necessarily bearish. That's more bullish than bearish. However, there's a caveat. We have a high in place. We have the makings of another bear flag pattern. We can certainly make the case that this is a bear flag pattern, bear wedge pattern in the making that will send price lower. And if it sends price lower, and the IWM begins trading below the moving averages, that's going to be another early warning sign. Another early warning sign was actually the fact that the IWM had relative weakness today against the SPY or the S&P 500. Again, my favorite market-leading indicator, leading the market in the downward direction today. That is of note. It is a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Let's dig a little bit deeper and look at some of the other IWM charts. The hourly chart. Is it really telling us anything? Not necessarily. It's not really telling us a whole lot riding the 50 period moving average. Doesn't really mean much. I can make a case that we have a reversal candle right here, which it is. And I can also make a case that we have a bull flag pattern right here. And this is building energy to go higher. So I can build both cases. Therefore, they cancel each other out. We don't have any real good hard data from the hourly chart other than the reversal candle. Anybody that is trading the IWM short is short against that hourly high. That's a reasonable hourly, oh shoot, I'm wrong area. Is the 120-minute chart giving us anything? It's drifting lower throughout the day today, but other than that, maybe it continues to drift into the 50-period moving average, but certainly nothing concrete. On this 120-minute chart, nothing we can utilize for any kind of actionable information. We're back to the daily. Anybody short the IWM is short against the high, which is the daily high from the 1st of July, which is the same hourly high we just looked at. And we still continue to get rejected at this trend line that we've discussed once or twice. We're above the moving averages on the weekly chart. But that trend line is proving important so far. Now we're back to the daily. We discussed 158 before price in the IWM got to 158. Wasn't as a result of that trend line, but when it came in around the same number as that trend line, when you see stuff like that, you can generally put a cherry on top. How about the VIX? Here we go again in the VIX. Look what happened last week. Went all the way down to make a low of 1204. We were looking for in the low 14s, in the 13s, got all the way down in the 12s. That doesn't mean don't buy it. That means it's a better price. It's called a shakeout, a flush. There's a hundred different names for it. Call it whatever you want. We're not 100% sure that the VIX is gonna continue higher from here. However, I still stand by. It's a buy under 14, it's still a buy. Right here. Just not as good of a buy as it was on Friday when nobody was looking. Funny how that works, isn't it? We've seen that many, many, many times. How about we take a stop down at the transportation department and check out what's going on with my second favorite market-leading indicator, the transports. The transports were weak all day today. They had relative weakness against the SPY, but at the end of the day, it wasn't by all that much. We'll take it for what it is. We're kind of sandwiched, trapped, settled in between these moving averages. So it's not really giving us a whole lot of information. Again, put in a nice high around 10,600, a little bit of a spike above it. And here we are down at 10,400. We talked about ten thousand five to 600 before it got there. We're not getting any real information from the daily chart of the transports. We're going to move it along. How about the tech sector? Looking out to Silicon Valley, looking at the queues, do we have any information that's useful? Not really. It's just hovering near the all-time highs. It's hovering above all the moving averages. It's in the same position, roughly, as the SPY. It's mainly a carbon copy. They're not going to trade together simultaneously dollar for dollar penny for penny tick for tick but in large part if the market's going to make a move whether it's up or down one's going to follow the other the cues and the spiders are going together in whichever direction they're going same routine you have some gaps below same story same chapter different page how about down at the financial district what's going on here this is interesting because this plays into the bigger picture. We know that without the financials, the market's not going to get very far in either direction. So we know if the financials are stable, then it's unlikely we're going to get a melt away in the stock market. But look where we are on the chart. Look how extended we are from where? Home base. Ironically enough, home base comes in very, very close to the number we were focused on for a long, long time. Now that number at home base, the 20 period moving average, that will move every day as it is a moving average. So the number will change. It'll be interesting to see if in fact we do have a decline in the market in the near term. Do the financials, does the XLF find support at 27.47? I think it's an important number. We're going to find out together whether it remains an important number. But here's the other thing that I'm bringing up. We're extended from home base. The financials can come back toward home base, which has quite a bit of space. If you think about it, there's about 60 cents between home base and price. That's not a half a percent move like today. So we're just pointing out that there's a lot of space where the financials actually still can remain bullish, but they have a lot of room to make it look like the market's bearish. Now, it may continue to be bearish, and it may not. I'm just looking at the financials and telling you what we see on the chart as it stands today. The SMH, it's a good proxy for the tech space. It's the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. Where is it headed? Conventional wisdom would say it's headed for the convergence of those moving averages. It's been a wild ride from the lows all the way down below 100 to above 115. Those moving averages and price in and around that area is a natural place where we should find at minimum of intraday or most likely multi-day support. Close below 105 on the day, Fugly begins. The SMH stays above the moving averages and it still remains bullish. And after a slow day across the markets, I'm going to pull the ripcord here. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.